Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. So we're looking at 2 Corinthians and in chapter 10 and 11, and we're not going there, Paul explains for two chapters long why he qualifies as an apostle, why he is like he calls them the superhero apostles. He's also one of them. And that he might not go on in the same way or behave in the same way, but that God has called him. So he said, I must go on boasting because for two chapters he has said, forgive me, but I'm boasting about what God is. Although there is nothing to be gained, he's saying it's foolish to boast and I can't gain anything through boasting. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Where it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. He doesn't know if the guy physically went up to heaven or if he just saw a vision of going up to heaven. But I do know, God knows, and I know this man. Whether in the body or apart from the body, I don't know. But God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. And the great man of Paul who did so much of the New Testament, who wrote half of the New Testament, says, I can't boast about anything but about my weaknesses. I can't boast about anything, but the places I fall short. Even if I should boast, verse 6, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted what I do or say, or because these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Now, this is a piece of scripture that have been pulled apart by the theologians forever. What is this thorn in Paul's flesh? And I'm not going to be giving you the answer today, but he went through something that truly made him suffer. So are you suffering today? Do you have a thorn in your flesh? Do you have something that you feel that God should take away? a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I've pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Three times he went to God and asked him to take it away. Now, some people say it's sickness. I can't see that sickness because that is in opposition to every other time that somebody asked Jesus to take sickness away. Every time when the blind man or the lame man, or anybody else asked, God, have mercy on me for a type of illness, God healed them. So I don't think it's sickness, although many people think it's sickness, and nothing in this scripture alludes to it being sickness. He said, but three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. And that is the one thing that we have to know when we go through whatever we go through, that God has enough grace for each one of us. 
God has got enough to get you through. It is not about you. It's not about your ability. It's not about how strong you are or how good you are. It is about His grace that is enough for your situation. Each one of us are in different situations all across the world listening to this broadcast. Maybe you can type in where you are watching from. But everyone's situation is different. But there's one thing that is constant. God's grace is enough for your situation. And then he goes on. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God's power can work through you the moments when you don't have all the answers, the moments that you don't have it all together, the moment that you are struggling with your calling, with your church, with your pastor, with everything that you might be struggling with, with dead people that have passed away, people that are being ill, things that you are struggling with at this time of crisis in our country and in the world, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. Can I ask you to take a moment, put your hand on your heart, close your eyes, and say to God, your grace is enough for me. Your grace can carry me through this time. You see, it's not about what I'm preaching. It's about what you are interacting with God. The best sermon in the world will not change your life unless it leads to you interacting with God. I can give you all the tools and all the scriptures, but if it leaves you in a place where you don't run to Jesus about your weaknesses, then it will not, nothing will change. And it says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power, whose power? God's power is made perfect in what? Weakness. You see, God's power is not made perfect when you have it all together. And we're all striving to have it all together. We're all striving to get to a standard, which I don't even know what the standard is, but we're all striving to get to another level. But God is saying that my grace is sufficient for you and my power is best at work when you feel not good enough, when you feel you can't make it, when you are asking God to take it away from you. I wonder if Paul wasn't asking God to take his calling away. If you look through chapter 10 and 11, how Paul was fighting with the people, fighting about his apostleship. I think three times he asked God, let somebody else do it. Put somebody else in place. Save me from this effort of the ministry. But God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough. And then he says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. As an apostle that has recently been appointed as an apostle and the church somewhere went in lockdown just after I was appointed. So I haven't really operated in that place in real church, in live church. I sometimes feel so that I'm not good enough. I feel I don't fit the jacket. Yeah, I think the jacket fits me nicely today. But the true mantle of apostleship 
I don't feel I fit into it. I feel like I did as a kid when my dad was sitting in front of the TV and he'd say to me, go fetch my gown in Afrikaans, my kamer yes. Go fetch my gown and my slippers for me. And I would try and put his clothes on and come shuffling down the passage with the arms where my arms don't even stick out and it drags on the floor because I don't fit into his mantle. And so the mantle of apostleship, I feel I'm too weak. But when I go to this scripture and God says, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. So that Christ's power may rest on me. Look at that coming. That as you understand the fact that you don't qualify. As you understand the fact that you're not good enough. As you make peace with the fact that there is weaknesses in your life. So God's power comes to rest on you. It says, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. So the thorn that was in Paul's life wasn't sickness. It was about the struggle about weaknesses. So that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. What? (laughs) Paul, how do you mean you take joy in weaknesses? In insults? in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. So Paul learned that his calling, just like mom said, Catherine Kuhlman spoke about it, costing you everything. So Paul had insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties, because he was pursuing his calling, because he was counting the full cost, and he was doing it with joy, with delight. The NIV says, I'm doing it with delight, okay? And then the last, verse, the last sentence of verse 10. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, you would expect the Bible to say, for when I am weak, Paul is weak, then God is strong. But it doesn't say that. It says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Are you feeling weak this morning? Are you feeling worn out? Are you feeling stretched beyond your capabilities? Then do it again. Close your eyes. Put your hand on your hearts. And say, your grace is sufficient for me. Your grace is enough, Lord. I think of those that have lost loved ones that are battling to come to terms with it. I'm thinking of those that have been ill for so long they don't even know anymore what it is to not be ill. I think of those that are struggling to find their place in the world, who's lost their job and their income and things are difficult. I want you to embrace your weaknesses in them this morning because God says when you are weak, then you are strong. When you are at the end of your tether, when you don't even know how to get up in the morning, when you have no answer for the things that come against you, it says insults, hardships, persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. In the previous chapters, Paul talks about how the governor of the city surrounded the whole city to catch him. And somebody let him out of a window in a basket so that he could run away. Whatever you're going through, you're not yet persecuted to that level. 
you're not yet persecuted to the level where we have to drop you out of a basket out the window so that while the soldiers search the house, you can get away. Verse 19, have you been thinking all along that, so I'm jumping from verse 10 to verse 19, have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? We have been speaking in the sight of God as those in Christ. And everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. God has called us to strengthen the church, to strengthen you in your time of need, to strengthen you in the time of challenge, to strengthen you in the time when you're at the end of your tether. For I'm afraid, verse 20, that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. And I think that this time of uh, lockdown and we're going to start church again, I think we'll most probably start the first week of September. When I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage and selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance and disorder. God is not a God of disorder. God is not a God of selfish ambition or fits of rage or slander or gossip or arrogance or discord. I'm afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you and I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin and debauchery in which they've indulged. Church, this is a time that we have to get ready for the opening of the church again. We have to cleansify ourselves. We've got to allow God to remove every little bit of us that is not of him. Every little bit that we have got comfortable with in this time, we have to fix up. I'm praying that this doesn't apply to frontline, but I feel that God's word says to us that we have to return to a place of weakness. We have to return to a place of saying, God, without your grace, I can't make it. We're a place where we boast in our weakness. We boast in our challenges. We find peace in saying, I don't know how to do it, but I know you know how to do it. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this situation. I don't know how I'm going to restart my business. I don't know how I'm going to fix my marriage. I don't know how I'm going to see my child through this time. But God says, my grace is sufficient for you. doesn't matter if it's marriage or children or illness or death or anything that you've gone through, loss of jobs or loss of business. And all those things come to terms with 2 Corinthians 12, where God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Let's just summarize it as I have it here. Number one, we must never boast except in Christ and especially in our weaknesses. Don't become conceited because in verse 7, Paul said, to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. So to save yourself a thorn in your flesh, don't become conceited. Number three, boast about the Spirit. There's nothing I can do but boast about who God is. Sometimes suffering or torment is good for us. Sometimes going through a bit of a hard time sometimes allows us to re-evaluate who we are and what we are and what we are about. 
And number five, my grace is sufficient for you. Sometimes you don't need your prayers answered. You need to change. Sometimes you need the grace is that undeserved mercy to just understand that we don't deserve anything. Yes, Jesus has paid for it, but we haven't paid for it. So we need to understand that his grace is sufficient for us. His grace is that the power of the gospel working in us. You see, when we say his grace is enough for us, then it's that we don't need a course or a, another thing learned or something. All we need to do is to get the grace of God, the gospel, the power of the word of God operating in our life, and things will change. Grace is the ability to stay on course during a storm. You see, the storm will rage around Jesus, but he's sleeping in the boat. Why? Because he knows it's not up to him. He can take charge of the wind and the weather, but he's that totally relaxed because he is trusting God. And I want to teach you, people of God, don't become anxious. Don't become stressed. Don't become worried about that which is wrong. And I'm preaching to myself. Allow the grace of God to let you be able to stay on course in the midst of the storm. God's power is made perfect in our weakness. Isn't that powerful? That you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to measure up to somebody else's religious ideas. All you have to do is say, God, here I am. Warts and all. Mistakes and all. Failures and all. It says, boast about our failures so that God's power can rest on you. Allow God to let his power, instead of your effort, flow through you. Delight. Find joy in your weaknesses. Find joy in insults. Oh, oh. <laughs> Charismatic Christians, can we handle it if somebody insults us? Can we handle hardships? Can we handle persecutions? Can we handle difficulties? We have to learn to find the joy of Jesus in the midst of all those things. Number nine, it says, for, ev for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Number 10, everything the church is doing has got one thing at the aim of it, and that is to strengthen you. That is to absolutely build you up and get you to the next place. Last night we were on FLC, the Fivefold Ministers Leaders Conference, and uh, Pastor Andre Rabert was preaching from Genesis 1, verse 28 and 29, and I want to just share that this morning. I can't let this morning go by without sharing it. And the scripture goes like this, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. So people that says that we mustn't be pushing in for numbers, Scripture says we've got to be increasing. We've got to grow. We can't stay the same. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the, in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. This is phenomenal to me that God spoke this to Adam before gunpowder was invented, before there was any fences, before there was any roads, before there were ships that carried on the earth, before anything that we know today is being used to subdue the animals, 
God gave the instruction, subdue them. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours. So the revelation that was shared last night is that we all have seed inside of us. And I'm not talking about finances, Pastor Andre wasn't talking about finances. The moment people talk about seed today, the only thing we think about is finances. But the revelation is that every thought, every action, every attitude is a seed. What is that going to bear fruit in your life? Why is verse 29? I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth. So it's yours already. And every tree that has fruit and with seed in it, they will be yours for food. It's about the fruit. It's about us growing in Christ. It is about us producing like after like. And God is saying, just allow the seed, just, just be aware that everything you do will bear something. If you go after something, it will bear fruit. If you say something, it will bear fruit. If you think something, it will bear fruit. Every single seed in the whole earth is yours. And your life will be a picture of what you pursue. So don't let in crisis time things come out of your mouth that will bear fruit in a time when the storm is long over. When the storm is long finished, you might still be bearing fruit of things that you said and did in these times. So the challenge for us as a church is let us keep our mouth our thought and our actions pure above reproach so that as God moves in this time, there is a truly uh, holiness and a move of God contained inside of each one of us. We cannot contaminate that move. We cannot contaminate what God wants to do. Church, I'm calling you to repentance at this stage. I'm calling myself to repentance. I'm calling Frontline to repentance and saying, let us come to a place of wholeness again because we have met Christ in our weakness. We've met Christ in our failures. We've met Christ in the things that we didn't do perfectly because God's hand is upon us. Let us deal with all seed that is wrong in this time. If there is any seed that we have sown that is wrong, ask God to reveal it to you because it's bearing fruit and you might not even be aware of it. It's bearing fruit without your realization and you think it's just your fault. It might be something somebody else said. It might be something that you said. It might be something that you've gone through and some residue of that is there and it is not the residue of God, it is the residue of something that is not godly. And we've got to take our hard experiences, our tough experiences, our life-changing, hurtful experiences, and allow them to say, let the power of God flow through that thing. Let the power of God come from there. Instead of saying, well, this is just me, this is how I was made, this is what I am. God is saying today, to men and women across the other side of the screen. I don't know where you're sitting and I don't know what the group is around you. But God says, I see you. 
I truly see you and I know your hurts and I know your heart. And I've seen how you have tried to fix things. I've seen how you have put effort in to fixing things. But today, God is saying, let me have it. Let me have your calling. Let me have your destiny. Let me have your failures. Because I am going to build something beautiful out of it. We sang the song that said, you've chosen me to carry the power of your gospel. You've taken me, broken old me, and you've said, let this be done. And so many times as I worked through my calling, I said, God, there are so many people that are better qualified than me to minister. There are so many people that are more spiritual, that have got a better understanding of the Bible, that have this. And I can count 10,000 reasons why I wouldn't use myself. But God says, I want to use you. I want to take you and make something beautiful out of your pain. I want to restore you that that pain becomes a delight, that that failure becomes a delight. God is in the restoration business, and God is busy restoring you afresh into a new place. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray for every thought that comes up in our hearts. Father, every insult, every accusation, every process, and I'm asking you, Lord God, let it become our strength. Let me be as like Paul, be able to say, I boast in my weakness. Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When I'm weak, then the power of God rests upon me. When I have laid down all forms of pride and arrogance, then the power of God flows. Come Holy Spirit, come into frontline afresh. Come into the visitors' lives afresh and let every little bit of that is not of you get out of here. Father, come and wash afresh. I feel the power of God is coming upon people and he's washing our souls with tears right now. He's washing out from the depth of the inside and saying, I am cleansing you. I'm giving you a fresh start. I'm giving you a new process. Men and women, God hears you. God sees you. God knows the thorn in your flesh. <laughs> God knows the things that you have asked him to remove. But God is saying, my grace is enough. My grace will carry you through. I've paid the price so that you don't have to. Lord God, let every single one of us have a fresh revelation of the grace of God. Let us have a fresh revelation of how you are just loving your church in this time. In this time when the church can't operate the way it's supposed to. In this time when there's many failings in the church. You are in love with your bride. You are in love with your bride. And you are saying, I am in love with you, Hannes, Mandy, Amber, Jared, Joni, and just run through the whole church. I wish I could mention everybody's name, but it will be here forever. But God is saying to each one, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I am busy doing something in your life. Just allow me to touch you. Just allow me to function. In Jesus' name, amen.
church. This is a different message to what I normally preach. This is a different way. But I believe that God is saying, get ready for a moment. I put on my Facebook a thing that I posted six years ago today about that this is a Kairos moment. This is a moment when the portals of heaven is opening up. We've just come out of lockdown. We've come to another last level of lockdown. By the time one is coming, there's going to be just nothing left. But God is saying, now I'm freeing you to run, my child. I'm freeing you from everything that has held you back. I'm opening the gates and letting you out. Find joy in running. I speak prophetically to the church front line. And I say there's a new joy flooding through these places. There's a new fresh joy flooding in these walls. There is something great coming. There is revival coming. There is fire coming. Are you ready? Are you willing to lay down your hurts? Are you willing to lay down the things that you are demanding in the spirit? The way that Paul said, Lord, take this away from me. And God answered and said this, my grace is sufficient. My grace is enough. Come Holy Spirit and touch our church afresh. Let it be filled with people of weakness. People who boast in their failures. People who boast in their weakness. But people on whom the power of God rests. <laughs> we don't want anything on ourselves, God. We want you. We want you more than ever. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website, www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.